welcome to Thriving as a Physician, the podcast that teaches you to thrive in your weight loss and life while juggling a packed physician schedule, because you deserve to thrive. Each week, I share sustainable, enjoyable tools that work in your busy life so that you can reach all of your goals faster with more confidence. Everything in this podcast is backed by my experience as an obesity medicine physician, years of coaching physicians on weight loss and eating, and my own personal weight loss journey. Let's get thriving. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Hello and welcome to episode 229 of the Thriving as a Physician podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key. Thank you so much for joining me. I have a really important episode for you guys today where we are going to talk about hope for binge eating. I recently had a conversation with a physician who's like, oh, I didn't even know you worked with physicians who had binge eating. And I was like, oh, I haven't been talking about it enough lately, that means. Because if you are a physician who has binge eating, I know how isolating that can be. I know how much stress and work you are probably already putting into figuring out your eating. And so I wanted to record this podcast for you to share hope that it can be different that it, you don't always have to struggle in this way. And if you are a physician, if when I talk, when you listen to this episode, you're like, yeah, that's me. Please know that this really is an area where getting extra help is very, very valuable. It is hard to turn binge eating around on your own. It's not impossible, but it is, it's hard. It is a tougher series of habits for lack of better word. And so if you identify with this podcast, please head over to my website, click on the work with me tab and fill out an application form. And then what will happen after that is you will get an email from me inviting you to book a time for us to talk privately together. Now, whether or not you ultimately decide to work with me, that time where you can talk to me privately, honestly, about your binge eating is going to be healing. Uh, chances are, if you're a physician who struggles with binge eating, you may never have talked to anybody about it. And you probably keep it pretty close to you. Even if you do share it with some people, you probably don't talk a lot about it. Being able to sit down in a private situation with me and talk about your binge eating and how it could be better and what could be different with it without always having to feel like you always have to restrict or like really wrangle that part of you that wants to eat is invaluable. And so, head over to my website. That's weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. Helpful if I tell you what the website is. Click on the work with me tab and fill out an application form. And then we can talk. Okay, then watch for an email from me. It'll be directly from me offering you the opportunity to book a call with me. Okay, before we get into the binge eating stuff, a couple things. Number one is if you are a physician and you're like, I don't think I binge eat, that's okay. You can take a lot of things out of this episode and apply it to just overeating or emotional eating or stress eating. It's an episode about binge eating, but that doesn't mean it's only for physicians who binge eat. So listen to this episode with the ear of what is helpful for me here. What could I take away from this to use in my own journey? 
I wanted to also share with you guys exciting thing that I'm working on right now. So I've decided for the spring, it's almost spring here. (laughs) We have so much snow, but the sun is starting to feel warm. So I'm starting to feel a little bit hope. It's like such a late spring for us. Spring is coming, right? Right, guys? (laughs) Those of you who live in warmer climates, it's coming, right? Since spring is here, what I was thinking about, how can I create something fun that helps bring in that feeling of spring? And I always think of spring as just like that fresh start, right? Like everything starts over, you get green stuff growing. And imagine having a fresh start in your weight loss. How amazing would that be? Like just everything that's been challenging you, having an answer for it and tools to work on it so you can just start fresh without worrying about any of those challenges. So that's what I'm busy creating right now. When you listen to this episode, I'm still in the midst of creating it. But I've created what's called the Fresh Start Program. And this is available to members of my program. So this is a bonus if you are a member of Thrive Academy for Physicians. And that's why I'm talking about it now. Because if this sounds amazing to you, then you want to start talking to me about becoming a member, which means you need to apply. I, I have put together a program, a series of workshops, looking at the biggest challenges that physicians face when it comes to their weight loss. And I've designed a workshop for each of those challenges that is going to knock it down. Where after that one hour workshop, that challenge that may have felt really insurmountable before is going to feel like no big deal. Honestly, using tools that I have been working on over the past years, plus tools that I've been learning through another coaching program I've been doing over the past three months. The combination is I can help you with some really big sticking points in a very time efficient manner. Now, we as physicians, Got to love some time efficient change, right? It's not things that you have to slog through for months and months and months. This program is designed to set you up for success right from the beginning, start creating really significant change so that then you can just coast and have lots of time to practice using those tools, but seeing really measurable change right from the beginning. So we are going to do a workshop on cravings and I'm going to teach you how to get rid of them, neutralize them manage them so you never have to fear another craving. We're going to talk about changing that self-talk, that inner mean girl, and how to change that. We're going to talk about creating goals that light you up rather than goals that kind of weigh you down and make you feel fearful. Goals that make you want to keep moving towards changing them. And we're also going to talk about how you stay motivated. We'll do a workshop on building motivation that actually lasts. And then I'm going to teach you in another workshop how to create a customized way of eating so you never, ever have to be on another diet again. Every single one of these topics are things where physicians get stuck on. And when I was designing this program, I was like, okay, if I could like wave a magic wand and fix the biggest things right up front in the most efficient way, what would it be? And that's how I came up with this program, the Fresh Start program. So like I said, this is a bonus program for members of Thrive Academy for Physicians. If that sounds amazing, if you're like six weeks to have all that fixed, plus then that doesn't even touch all the other stuff we do inside Thrive Academy. If that sounds amazing, then again, head over and fill out one of those application forms, weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca, click on the work with me tab. And do it now so that you have time to actually get in the program before we get rolling with the Fresh Start program. Okay, let's talk 
about binge eating. I'm going to start from the beginning. So if you're like, I don't know if I binge eat, totally fine. I'm going to, I gotcha. We're going to talk about it. So what is binge eating and how is it different from stress or emotional eating? I think of these as being on a spectrum, meaning there's a lot of different types of eating behaviors and binge eating is a little bit more on this side of the spectrum. Technically, the definition, if you're looking in the DSM-5, is the definition is recurrent episodes of eating larger than normal amounts of food in a short period of time, often to the point of feeling physically uncomfortable, often with the sense of being out of control, and often with a lot of negative emotion afterwards, so guilt and shame. So how might that show up for you if you were to have binge eating? It would be episodes of time where you eat something and then you're like, this isn't enough. I need to keep going. And the exact size of a binge varies person to person. There's no volume amount that quantifies it as a binge, but typically it's not just, I had a couple cookies. A couple cookies is not a binge. A couple cookies when you're not hungry and because you're stressed out about your day at work, that would be more like stress eating. If you have a lot of cookies to the point where you feel physically uncomfortable or you know you're starting to feel physically uncomfortable and you feel compelled to keep going, that's more binge eating. You know, a handful of cookies and then also you're back in the cupboard and you're looking for something else, even though you know you're not hungry, but you don't feel like you can actually stop, that's probably more on the spectrum of binge eating. How often does it happen? Everybody's different. There may be some people who occasionally, very occasionally have a binge eating episode. Like every couple months, they'll have an episode. For some people, it may be multiple times per day. When we start getting more multiple times per week, that's when we start getting into binge eating disorder, when you start to meet DSM criteria for binge eating disorder. However, you can have binge eating behavior and not meet criteria for binge eating disorder. Now, I think what's most important here is what you identify with. I don't think it necessarily, in real life, creating change in your own life, I don't think it necessarily makes a difference if you meet DSM criteria or not. If you identify with the feeling of eating large amounts of food, often the point of feeling physically uncomfortable and feeling really out of control when it's happening, then identifying it as binge eating so that you can use tools that will actually work for it, I think can be very powerful. Now, we always have to be careful when we're applying labels to our own weight loss, our own life, because sometimes labels feel really crummy. If we have a history with a label, if we beat ourselves up about the label, that can feel really crummy. So while we're talking about this, please don't do that to yourself. Don't make yourself feel worse off. Use the label as an empowering tool. Be like, oh, that's what it is. And if it's binge eating, then I need to do things a little bit differently because the answer to binge eating never, ever, ever, ever comes in the form of a diet because binge eating isn't about not knowing what food to eat. It's about other stuff. We're going to talk about that. So why do so many physicians have binge eating? And I can tell you, if you're listening to this and you've thought maybe you're the only physician with binge eating, you'd be wrong. There are a lot of physicians with binge eating out there. And a lot of them are in my program in Thrive Academy for Physicians because this is an area of expertise for me. But the thing is, nobody's talking about it. That's why it might feel like you may be the only physician who's ever done this. 
And that's a shame because that creates that feeling of isolation and shame of there must be something wrong with me if this is what I do with food when I know that this isn't healthy. So if you can just let that go and be like, actually, there's a lot of physicians that deal with this and there's good reason why physicians deal with this. So a lot of why physicians deal with binge eating, overeating, stress eating is about how we are trained. And a big piece of it is the fact that we are trained to push and forgo our own needs to take care of others. And it creates a situation where we'll go long stretches, do large amounts of work, both physical and mental and emotional work through the course of the day without stopping to replenish ourselves, to give ourselves what we need. And that sets you up for a situation where your brain's like, okay, well, we got to solve this. How are we going to solve it? And food is a very easy answer when you have a bunch of unanswered stresses and this discomfort that you're too tired to do anything else about, food makes sense from that portion of your brain. May not fix it long-term. It may have negative impacts long-term. But in the moment, your brain is right that it does help you feel better. It creates dopamine, especially the food you reach for during a binge eating episode or when you are having more stress eating. It's not the vegetables, usually. It's more processed foods, more sugar-containing foods, and those create dopamine in your brain. So your brain is right that it feels better when you eat. The interesting thing if we're talking about dopamine, too, is just the anticipation of a binge can actually create dopamine, too. So a lot of physicians, the, the binge itself, even though you don't want to do it, but the idea of kind of letting loose and having the binge and anticipating that can create dopamine for its, on its own too, which is interesting. And I just wanted to bring that up in case that's something that you've noticed. Again, don't judge yourself for it. Just be like, okay, that's just something my brain's developed over time and it's okay that it does that. So the other piece that I've touched on this already, but the other piece of why so many physicians struggle with binge eating is the secrecy piece. As physicians, I think most of us are afraid to stand up and say, hey, I struggle with my weight or hey, I struggle with eating crap and I don't know how to stop myself in its own right. And then to be a physician, to stand up and say, hey, I do that more on the extreme side of I have binge eating. Nobody does that. Nobody talks about it. And if a hallmark of binge eating is the guilt and shame that happens afterwards, and nobody's talking about it, then it holds you in this place of secrecy. And so we end up with all these different physicians feeling isolated, alone, and ashamed about their binge eating behavior, which prevents them from getting help. And that's why I wanted to record this episode for you guys, is the more we talk about it, the better this is going to get for you. And that's Two, why I'm offering the opportunity to talk to me privately about this, because just that, being able to talk and have things normalized, matters. It creates healing. So let's talk about what is the impact? Why care? You know, a lot of 
people with binge eating are of normal weight. And I think, again, that is something really important to, to comment on is binge eating does not, is not attached to weight or obesity issues. Binge eating is separate. So you can have extra weight and also have binge eating behavior, or you can have not have extra weight and have binge eating behavior. There's a big range. So what's the impact of not addressing this? This is big. And that's why I wanted, why I labeled this episode hope for binge eating, because when you're sitting there in the place of not having hope, when you think this is the way it will always be, and that you're not going to be able to make a change for yourself, then you accept staying here. But there is a cost to staying here. The cost is not the calories. And I want to be, it's not the food you eat. That's not the cost. Even, you know, even in the most extreme situations, the volume of food or the unhealthy type of food, that is not the true cost of binge eating. It's the emotional toll. It's the energy spent trying not to have a binge. The energy spent beating yourself up after a binge. The impact that has on your self-esteem the impact it has on the days and weeks after a binge and the energy spent trying to figure this out on your own. It is huge. It takes a lot of energy and that is the impact of not addressing it and not getting help for it because that energy keeps getting wasted because if, if that energy was what it took to change this for you, it would have changed it. But most cases, because of the cycles that go on within binge eating, the binge restrict cycle, most times when you're doing this on your own, you are putting more energy into the binge restrict cycle. And so you're holding yourself in that cycle. You're not putting energy into getting out of that cycle. It's energy that holds you stuck, kind of like using energy to walk deeper into quicksand. And I think this is really important because it's not that you're not working or not trying. You are. You have put so much energy into this. If you're a physician who binge eats, I can say that with a lot of confidence because I know how much energy you have put in to try to figure this out. But the problem is without the right tools, it's like walking deeper into quicksand and you're getting more and more stuck in that binge restrict cycle. So why don't diets fix binge eating? Why can't we just be like, okay, just go low carb, you won't binge eat any, anymore. And some ways of eating do impact cravings. They do impact how your brain approaches food. So like low carb, I find my brain is so much quieter around food. But a diet itself can't change the binge eating behavior because the binge eating behavior is not about the food. Sometimes some diets, if they feel restrictive to you, actually trigger more binge eating because then they fall into that binge restrict cycle again. Interestingly, if you've listened to my podcast a lot, is that experience of restriction comes from your thoughts about the food you're eating. So you can make changes to how you're eating without feeling restricted and without tr triggering the binge restrict cycle. It just has to, be, has to be done carefully with a lot of working on the thought patterns behind your eating. 
So you don't want to just choose a diet because again, it's probably going to have you walking deeper into that quicksand. It's going to trigger the restrict. And when things don't work because it's triggering more binges on the other side of that restrict, then you work harder on restricting and you, you just keep in this constant cycle. We have to use other tools. If you want to find peace with food and have some freedom from binge eating, you need different tools. That's as simple as it is. It will not come in the form of a diet. And anytime you notice your brain attaching onto, okay, I just need to, well, that diet seemed to work for that person. It's important to bring it back and be like, the answers to this will not come in a diet. They will not come in somebody telling me exactly what to eat. I wanted to talk a little bit about what does healing from binge eating look like? Because when you've had binge eating, it's often this piece of you that you're so ashamed of, you feel so guilty about that you wish it would just disappear. You wish it could just go away. And that's not realistic. So if you are like, the only way to be successful is to never, ever have another binge again, that's probably setting yourself up for some disappointment. Because the patterns that create binge eating in your brain will always be there. We can work on them and modify them and address the reasons why they're there and change them. But chances are there are going to be stresses that still trigger those old patterns. And that's okay when you have the right tools, when you know how to manage it, if you have occasional binges. But the healing from binge eating looks like a lot like how we talk about prophylaxis for migraines. We don't say to somebody with migraines, you're never going to have another migraine if we do prophylaxis for it. No, that's not realistic. But what we say is if this prophylactic medication works, then what I would hope to see is that you have fewer migraines. They come less often. And when they do come, they're less severe. And when you encounter triggers that previously would have triggered a migraine, maybe they're going to be less likely to trigger a migraine for you. Think of binge eating in terms of that. When you start getting the right tools for binge eating, what happens is you have fewer binges. They just don't happen as often. When they do happen, they're less intense, meaning you don't end up eating as much. It's easier for you to stop and get back to your normal. And then there's more distress tolerance. And what I mean by that is a thing or a situation that used to trigger a binge may not trigger a binge anymore. Maybe something that used to trigger a big binge that would last all evening might trigger you to have a couple of cookies, like what we talked about before, like a little bit of stress eating, but not a binge. And all of these things are really significant wins that if you're not looking for them, you miss them. And because binge eating is so tied in with this like negative self-talk and, and beating yourself up, if you're not actively looking for the positive change that is occurring, your brain will very easily blanket it and be like, nothing has happened. Nothing is getting better. I suck at this, right? So from the get-go, deciding what am I going to look for to see signs of success? Less frequent, less intense, and more distress tolerance would be the three places I would suggest looking. Okay, let's talk about how do you actually heal binge eating? How do you make it change in something that may have plagued you for years and years? For a lot of the physicians I talk about, it started when they were teenagers and they've never been able to figure it out. So number one, 
is you have to stop focusing just on the food. Like we talked about, the food is something that your brain thinks fixes it. It produces dopamine, but it does not produce a lasting benefit. So it feels better in the moment when you're eating, but how long does that moment last? And this is how a binge perpetuates itself because you're like, okay, that felt better. And then your brain, and I'm not saying you're thinking this consciously, but this is what's going on in your brain. Your brain's like, okay, well, that stress is back. I'm feeling really uncomfortable again. Let's try something else. Let's try something else. Maybe this time it'll help me feel better for good. So your brain is not wrong that the food helps, but just trying to focus on not eating is not the way to feel in control of binge eating. It's the hardest way. And I would bet that it's the way that you've been trying to do it. And it probably hasn't been super effective for you because it's hard. But by the time things are set up where your brain is in, a, in the process of triggering a binge, it's going to be really hard to just stop that with willpower. That like, oh, I'm just going to try not to have a binge. At some point, you're probably going to end up binge eating and then beating yourself up about it. So stop focusing on the food. The food is not the problem. The food is a symptom. It's like your brain waving a white flag saying, there's some stuff going on here. I need help. I'm trying to fix it myself. And that's what the food is. And picture if you're in the midst of a binge, if you can shift that and be like, okay, it's not that the food is the problem. It's not that I can't resist food. My brain's trying to tell me that something's going on that it needs help with. There's an unmet need. That becomes easier where you can actually be problem solving and creating help for yourself while still having a binge. You don't have to stop the binge to create the help. Number two is stepping out of the binge restrict cycle at the restrict side. So if you picture always getting stuck in this cycle, I have a binge and then I'm like, okay, got to be do better today. Maybe I'm going to fast a little bit longer. Maybe I'm only going to eat salads. <laughs> Maybe whatever it, your version is, trying to compensate for the food that you've already eaten, that is a place to intervene. That is an easier place to step out of the cycle than trying to step out at the binge part. And for most of you, you will have been trying to get out of the cycle at the binge part when you realize a binge might be coming. And like I said, that's a hard place to get out of it. It's much easier after you've had a binge and you notice your brain being like, okay, now we have to be extra careful. If you just say to yourself, all I need to do is just get back to my normal. I don't restrict after a binge. I just get back to my normal. That helps stabilize your eating because you're moving out of that cycle and if for some people, they're like, but if I don't restrict, then, you know, am I going to gain all this weight because of the binge and all this stuff? But the reality is you can't compensate for the food you've already eaten. It just doesn't work that way. And falling into that restrict part of that binge restrict cycle is what actually sets you up for that next binge. It's the feeling restricted, the exerting energy, wishing you could eat more, wishing you could eat like a normal person, quote unquote, all that stuff that goes on in your head and in our heads, plus the stresses of the day, the week that pushes you back up towards the next binge. So the way to stabilize it is to choose to not restrict. 
and just be like, all I have to do is get back to my normal. Number three is change your self-talk. This is hard. I know that's why it's one of those topics in the Fresh Start program I was talking about at the beginning, but talking to yourself and beating yourself up and trying to use tough love about food you have already eaten makes you feel horrible and you deserve way more than that. Plus, it is going to trigger further eating. If you tell yourself you blew it by, you know, having a couple of hamburgers and a couple of fries at a fast food place, you're like, oh, I blew it. I was working so hard. From that place of feeling defeated, what's likely to happen? You're probably more likely to end up eating and be like, oh, I'll just have another one. I've blown it already. I may as well keep going would be a really common way of thinking about it. And so if you just start talking to yourself more nicely, the way you would to a friend. And again, it becomes easier if you think of the eating not as a problem with food, but if you think of it as your brain waving a white flag of I'm in trouble here, I need help. There's something going on. Then it becomes a little easier to be a bit compassionate and curious with your brain of like, okay, notice that that just happened. I wonder what it is that's going on. What was this one about? What could I do differently next time? What is it that I really need? All of these are great questions that will help you start to create change and will definitely create far more change in your life than the blaming and the shaming about food that you've eaten. All right, I hope that that was helpful for you. I really hope that you finish this episode with some hope that you can create change around binge eating without finding a magical supply of willpower because that's not the answer to binge eating. As I said at the beginning, this is one area where if you are struggling with it, if you identify with the things I've talked about in this episode, I highly recommend you fill out an application form to give us an opportunity to talk. There is no obligation when you fill out that application form. There is no obligation when we sit down and talk. But just having that opportunity to talk face-to-face with somebody who understands and knows how to fix this problem that you've struggled with will be life-changing for you. Whether you decide to work with me on an ongoing basis or not, totally up to you. Of course, If you do choose to work with me on an ongoing basis, that's going to be the ultimate way where you find peace around binge eating, where you don't have to fear your binge eating and you can be in different food situations without being afraid that you're ultimately going to have a binge. That's huge, building that trust. And that's what we do inside Thrive Academy. But just to start, just to give you that extra piece of support, fill out the application form and then schedule a time with me to talk. If you have any questions, you are welcome to email me, info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca. You will hear back from me directly when you send me an email there, and I am happy to answer any questions that come up for you. All right. Have a fantastic day, guys. 